So I already told you this, but, but I'm gonna tell you again, it's really good to see all of you here today, right? I, I'm especially thankful this, this Thanksgiving time to see all of you here because that means not only did you survive stuffing yourselves with a big Thanksgiving meal, it means you also survived Black Friday. So I mean it, I, I'm really glad you're all here safe and sound. Because did you know that Tennessee, as a state, claims the second highest risk for Black Friday acts of violence? It can get pretty nasty out there. Everyone, everyone, right, they feel entitled to that exact item that they want. That doorbuster deal, it was meant for them, not for you. Maybe it's not that surprising to see people wanting to get exactly the item they've got their, their heart set on because this consumer society that we live in has really upped the ante in personalized marketing the last few years especially, right? Every, every ad for every item or every service that's out there it's claimed to be, oh, this is the one thing that you are missing in your life. This item, this was made for you. It had you in mind when they created this thing. You need it. Even if, even if you avoid the stores and the, the violent shoppers, you're still gonna run into a lot of personalized marketing online. If you've ever been on Amazon, you realize that a lot of those things you've looked at in the past, they keep resurfacing under the name recommendations. Hey, you looked at it once, there's a good chance you might buy it this time. Facebook, everything you click on, they're tracking it. And so you might get your feed blown up by advertisements for different things that you've kind of been into looking at recently. But as personalized as those advertisements might feel. You know this, right? That, that those, those ads, they're all just generated by an automated computer process. Those, those advertisements aren't as, as personal as they might seem. And maybe, maybe you actually like those personal advertisements. Most of us probably get a little annoyed by them. But you know what? Not... Not all personalization is a bad thing. I would say personalized care, well, that's a good thing, right? I think schools have done a better job at this recently, that children will get special attention, special instruction if they have a learning disability or, or some kind of handicap, that's good. Or personalized health care, that's a good thing too. Realizing that there's no one-size-fits-all approach in prescribing medicine or treatment. What works well for one person might not work that well for another person. Individualized health care is a good thing. And overall, individualized care is ideal. So, when it comes to your spiritual care, do you feel individually cared for? Does the, the message of salvation ever 
start to sound like one of those personalized automated ads online? I mean, does the big lofty news of salvation for the whole world kind of seem like eh, it doesn't really apply into my pretty comparatively insignificant little life within the mass of humanity on this planet? How does that big theme of salvation actually enter into my life on an individual level? As a Christian, you might already know that, okay, we all have this, this same big problem of sin. We all have the same need for salvation from sin through Jesus. But at the same time, we are all very different people. We kind of need individualized care. We all have our own unique challenges. No two stories are the same. The, the family situations are different. The economic challenges are different. The tragedies and losses are different. Some people kind of just get hit harder than others. And, and on top of that, we all have our own unique temptations or sins that we really especially struggle with more than others. We need individualized care because we all have our own crosses to bear. We all have our own thorns in the flesh. And, and as much as you do know that, okay, God has given salvation for the whole world. He's taken care of the biggest overall problem of sin. You might still question, can God address my unique challenges in my life? Can I be sure that, that God knows and cares for me as an individual? I've got my own problems and stresses that need special attention. Does God just have one copy and paste answer for everyone? Does God give you the individual care you need? That's the big question today, right? Jesus, as he entered the region of the Decapolis, the Ten Cities, he's met with a man who has some very specific challenges. Some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. The people know Jesus can heal. They want to see, can he address this deaf man's problem? But they ask him to do it in a very copy and paste kind of way. Maybe they'd heard of Jesus healing other people by laying a hand on him, uh, laying a hand on someone. So right, they, they beg Jesus, just lay your hand on this guy. Notice that's not what Jesus does. He, he does better than that. He gives this man the very personalized care he needs, not copy and paste miracles. This man needed individualized care. And what Jesus does next might look a little weird, but he's not just given wet willies. He's showing individual compassion for this man's individual challenges, his own needs. He does that using four unique acts of compassion. Those, these four actions, they, they really prove to this man that Jesus is doing this for his benefit. 
The first touch Jesus puts on giving personalized care is taking the man aside, away from the crowd. Think about it. This, this man is deaf. So I think he's probably very visually oriented. And what's going on around him? There's a huge crowd. They're all kind of probably going crazy. They swept him up in their excitement and bring him to Jesus. He's deaf. So how well did they explain things to him about what's happening? We don't know, but I'm guessing this guy's a little distracted with everything going on around him, maybe confused. How comforting was it then that Jesus takes this man aside in private to give him personalized care, takes all those distractions away. Finally, you can focus purely on Jesus, this ordinary-looking guy who's about to do something supernatural. And now the man would know what Jesus is about to do. He's not just doing it because the crowd asked him to. Jesus takes the man aside in private to show him, I am doing this for your benefit, not for the crowd. I give personal care to you. The second act Jesus gives really targets the problem. Jesus after he took the man aside away from the crowd, put his fingers into the man's ears. Curing this man's problem simply by speaking, like he did last week with the paralyzed man, it wouldn't have really carried across any meaning to a guy who can't hear anything. So Jesus does even better, too, than just laying a hand on him. He lets him know exactly what's going to be treated. Jesus knows exactly what the man's problem is and he gives him fingers in the ears. And I'm, I'm guessing this guy would be kind of confused, like, okay, what's happening now? But maybe you can also picture the man starting to comprehend, oh, Jesus is about to show me something here. What does he do next? Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. Okay, this, this one gets a little weird, the third action here. Um, we don't have all the details on the spitting. Did Jesus spit on his hand and then touch the man's tongue? Did he spit on the ground and then touch his tongue? We don't know, and in the end it doesn't matter. The point would have been clear either way. Jesus addresses the man's first big problem and also his other big problem that he can't speak clearly because he's deaf. Jesus shows, I'm going to treat both of these things. And he shows them that in a pretty vivid, maybe disgusting looking way to us, but probably comforting to that man. And then, he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephetha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. The fourth act of personal care Jesus gives really clarifies where this healing is coming from. He looks up to heaven. The heavenly father, God himself is healing this man and Jesus is connecting himself as the son of God who does the healing. And Jesus, after he does this deep sigh that the man couldn't miss, he finally speaks. Ephetha. Be opened. At this, the man's ears are opened. His tongue is unchained. 
And he speaks plainly for everyone there to hear. This deaf man got to experience Jesus' individual compassion for him. Jesus addressed this man's need in a way that the man could fully understand and appreciate. The man wasn't just healed. He was assured that Jesus loved him on an individual level. God loves and cares for you on an individual level too. That's the beauty of God's gospel in his word, in the Bible. We don't see God's love only when we look at the cross. We see God's love spread all throughout the scripture for us. And this is the reason we don't just come and celebrate Good Friday or Easter every single Sunday. The message of salvation, hope, comfort, healing, it is expressed so beautifully in so many different ways. God has given you individual accounts in the Bible to show you this this many-faceted way that He loves you. You get to see how much He cares for your individual needs and cares for you on an individual basis. The gospel is not just a, a copy and paste good news. You want some examples? Look at some accounts of the Bible. Ask yourself, who am I? Who, who do I identify with here in the Bible? Are you the prodigal son? Rebelling against your heavenly father? Trampling on his good gifts? Living a life of sin? Your father welcomes you back home with open arms, tears on his cheeks. He's so happy he throws a celebration because you're back where you belong with him. Are you the doubting disciple who has great moments of trust, but then at times when life gets hardest, turn away from Christ right when you need him the most? Remember, Jesus is there to pull you up out of those storms, to pull you out of your doubt. Are you the, the dishonest tax collector who feels too unworthy to, unworthy to even stand before God because of sin? Jesus says to you, you're exactly the person I came to save. It's not the healthy, but the sick who need a doctor, the sinner who needs forgiveness. Or are you the weeping sister who turns to Jesus as you mourn the death of your brother? Jesus says to you, I am the, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. These aren't just fairy tales. These are real accounts of real people being served the gospel on an individual level. This is why God gives you so many accounts of that good news in his word to give you a kaleidoscope picture of the many ways that God shows his love to you. There's a gospel account for you. 
one that will touch your heart, one that lifts your soul, and connects you to the love that Jesus has for you. And you might need to hear that, that gospel expressed to you many different ways, maybe weekly. That's okay. Don't worry about that. Because God gives you a whole book chock full of the different ways that he shows his love to you. And each week you come to worship, you're going to hear one more specific way that the gospel helps you with a specific need. Along with this crowd, we, we are overwhelmed and amazed. And one more way that you could maybe think of that God can prove his individual care for you, look at the sacraments. Right? Remember your baptism. You, you physically felt the water, heard the word with that water, which cleanses your sin, gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit, faith itself. Next month when we come up for the Lord's Supper here at his table, enjoy that personal assurance of his love for you, forgiveness you can taste. The sacraments are a great way to remember Jesus' personal care for you. We are joining this crowd of people after seeing the deaf man healed and we say Jesus has done everything well. Not only does he give salvation to the whole world, he gives salvation to you as an individual too. Jesus meets my, my individual needs with individual compassion. He brings his gospel to me in a way that I can understand and appreciate, just like he did for the deaf man. All of this is just above and beyond. Amazing. In the last four weeks, we've been looking in this supernatural series at Jesus' miracles. However, it's not just the miracles that amaze us, but the truth Jesus teaches behind each miracle. We are overwhelmed with amazement at the many different ways Jesus proves his love to us. He, he saves us from sin and death, and he also gives us personal compassion for our personal needs. And now from where you are standing right now, you can look back on your life. Do you see where Jesus was giving you the personal care that you needed? I think you'll realize he has done everything well for me. Even at the times when it didn't seem like he was. But from where you are now, you look back at those hardships you went through and you see how God used that to bring you aside, to focus you back on him. He's shown you that kaleidoscope gospel message, that many-faceted way that he shows his love to you. And think about it. Isn't it kind of crazy that at times the right person says the right thing right when you needed to hear it? Or you come to worship and you hear a sermon one week and it was exactly what you were hoping to hear. And maybe you never even talked to me during the week while I was writing that sermon. Or you get the financial help you need from an, a place that you never expected to, to get it from. God has ways of meeting your individual needs in kind of ordinary looking ways all the time. He has done everything well 
not only doing the big act of dying and rising, but also the everyday act of keeping you focused on him, bearing your burdens. We join the crowd being amazed at what Jesus has done. But to that crowd, Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. At this time, Jesus didn't just want to be considered a miracle worker. He also didn't want to get too much publicity too quickly and be put to death before he was finished with his teaching ministry. Of course, it didn't work out for him here. He tries telling them to keep this miracle on the down low. But the more he tells them to do that, the more they want to spread the joy that they have at seeing this happen. There's some good news here for you and me. Jesus has not commanded us to keep quiet about these things. Quite the opposite. He says, go into all creation, all creation, preach the good news for all people. Let's share that message of Jesus with, with unmuted joy. Our once deaf ears have been opened to his promises. Our tongues once chained by sin now speak words of compassion about Jesus to others. As we enter December here and approach Christmas, please join Living Hope in letting many other people know with unmuted joy about our Savior who comes to save. Right now, our, our church body as a whole is pledging to reach one million people with invitations to Christmas. This effort is being called C18. What one church could never do alone, we want to do together. Invite one million people to hear about Jesus at a Christmas service. Let's do our part here in Chattanooga. Let's share that story with, with this city, with our friends, with, with strangers. Postcards will be mailed out. Invitations will be dropped off at doors and neighborhoods. Join us for that. But most importantly, share individual compassion with other people. The same way that God has showed you individual compassion for your individual needs. He has done everything well. Let's share the story with unmuted joy. Amen.